Hello and welcome to another teaching from 119 Ministries. Our ministry believes that the whole Bible is still true and directly related to our lives today. If you would like to know more about what we believe and teach, please visit us at testeverything.net. We hope that you enjoy studying and testing the following teaching. How many realize that we should constantly challenge ourselves in the faith? We should test everything we believe to the Word of God. We are also to test everything our teachers present to us to determine what may or may not be true. We should challenge our teachers and our faith. This is what we are all accountable to. In this teaching, we're going to simply ask some challenging questions. See how well you can answer these questions without generating conflicts in Scripture. Perhaps you may also want to present some or all of these questions to your favorite pastor or teacher. You might suppose that the following questions generate conflicts in Scripture, and to that we would disagree. In hearing some of these questions, you might immediately start thinking of chapters such as Acts 10 or Acts 15, or any number of verse soundbites from Paul that have been spoon-fed to us so many times regarding these matters. We have teachings on those if the following presentation creates such an interest. Our ministry sets out to answer these questions using the whole Word of God and at the same time agree with everything that the Bible presents to us as truth. There are no conflicts, nor would we consider accepting conflicts, but instead reconcile them, exposing the truth. So, let us begin. Number one, if the law of God has been made better and the law of God is perfect, is that saying that what is already defined as perfect can be made better? Number two, if we have been freed from the law of God and the law of God is freedom, is that saying that we can be freed from freedom? Number three, can truth be made not truth? Number four, can the way of righteousness no longer be the way of righteousness? Number five, can the ways of God change into a different way? Number six, if the law of God is forever and the law of God ended, is that saying that forever can end? Does that mean eternal life can end as well? Number seven, can what defines sin be nullified? Can sin be sin one day and not sin another day? Does the definition of sin change? Number eight, can what is light change into a different light? Number nine, can what is life no longer be life? Number 10, if God is the word and God cannot change, then how can we suggest that the word of God changed? Number 11, if we are to delight in the law of God, are we to no longer delight in it? Number 12. If when the law was written down, we were told to walk in it, full knowing that Christ walked that same law, and John said we are to walk exactly like he walked, while Paul said we are also to follow Christ's example, then would we not follow the same commandments that Christ walked? Number 13. 
If Christ is the Word made flesh, and Christ is the Word of God, and supposedly some of the Word of God is abolished, did he get on the cross to abolish parts of himself? Number 14. If the law of God is all about loving God and loving others, is how to love God and love others subject to change? Number 15. If the law of God has always intended to bless us and be good for us, then why would he take it away from us after the cross? Number 16. If the whole purpose of man is to keep the Lord's commandments, then is this no longer true? Number 17. If all scripture is instructions in righteousness, and we are to practice righteousness, then why do we consider it possible that we're not supposed to practice all scripture? Number 18. Matthew chapter 5, verses 17 through 19, clearly teaches that no commandments are to pass away, at least until heaven and earth pass and all the law and prophets are fulfilled. In addition, believers that teach others that commandments have been passed away will be least in the kingdom of heaven. But those who strive to keep all of God's law and teach others to do the same will be called great in the kingdom. Therefore, how can we be comfortable with teaching anything less than what Moses wrote and what Christ practiced and taught? Number 19. When Christ commanded us to observe and do everything out of Moses' seed, which is and has always been what Moses wrote, then why would we not want to do it, especially since he commands us to teach all nations everything he commanded, which of course would include everything taught from the seed of Moses? Number 20. When Paul stated several times that he believes, practices, and teaches God's law, and that there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek and Christ, how can we be comfortable using Paul's letters to teach that we're not to observe all of God's law? How can Paul be teaching God's law, as written by Moses, and teaching against God's law at the same time? What do we do with the fact that obeying what Moses wrote also means teaching Gentiles, aliens, and foreigners to Israel to practice the same law of God in the faith? Meaning that there has never been any difference between Jews and Gentiles in the faith. Wouldn't all those times Paul was accused of not practicing and teaching the law of Moses actually be true accusations instead of false accusations like Paul asserted and demonstrated? Why are there still accusations against Paul that he taught against the law of God as written by Moses? Why is he still having to defend himself against such absurd claims even when the book of Acts testifies against it? Number 21. When scripture states in the New Testament that we are to keep God's commandments in our love back to him as a response to his grace or love for us, how can we conclude that we are to keep only some of God's commandments? Are commandments in Leviticus 23 or Leviticus 11 God's commandments or not? Number 22. In Isaiah 66, verses 15 through 17, we see that in the context of the Lord's return, that when he returns, he is clearly upset that people are eating pork. If he cares then, why would he assume he does not care now? Number 23. In Zechariah 14, when the Lord comes back to reign, 
we clearly see that everyone is expected to celebrate tabernacles as written by Moses. Why would we be expected to celebrate tabernacles before the cross, but not after the cross, but then celebrate it again when the Lord returns? Number 24. If Christ is the Word made flesh, and He is the same yesterday, today, and forever, then how is the Word of God not the same yesterday, today, and forever, like Isaiah chapter 40, verse 8 says? 25. And lastly, with the exceptions of the misunderstandings of Acts chapter 10 and Acts chapter 15, nearly all supposed support for the belief that the law of God changed stems from the reading of select snippets from Paul's letters. Why do we mainly use Paul to support abolishing the law of God when Peter clearly says that Paul's letters are often used to make the air of lawlessness because Paul is hard to understand and many reading him are not knowledgeable enough about the Word of God but instead are ignorant and unstable. Paul is the very person that Peter warns us not to use to teach against the law of God. Why would anyone use him? These are just some of the top questions we would present to anyone who believes that the law of God has changed. There are many more that can be presented, but hopefully that gets you thinking. We hope that this study has blessed you. And remember, continue to test everything. Shalom. It is because of you, our generous supporters, who make it possible to offer these high-quality teachings completely free of charge. If you feel led to support 119 Ministries so that we can continue this effort, please visit testeverything.net and click on the Support 119 tab 
Learn how you can partner with us to take the whole Word of God to the nations. 